I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Judy Havison. Judy is a proud Texan who will never lose her Southern charm or accent and mainly uses both when the situation absolutely calls for it. Her one-time dream of becoming a journalist was shattered when a professor suggested she pick a new major due to her penchant for obsessive conversation. He claimed she'd be an editor's nightmare because she wrote as she spoke and never stopped talking. This led her to a career in public relations. Judy's fixation with reading books and stories about other people's lives inspired her to write her debut memoir. She currently lives in the Hamptons with her husband, Adam, son, Jack, and beloved Yorkie, Toby. Welcome to the show, Judy. Thank you for having me. I'm you really are, excited to be here. Yay, I am so glad to have you. Well, we have your lovely bio, but why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Well, <laughs> um, I am currently living in um, the Hampton Bays, New York, which is about an hour and a half outside of the city. Okay. Okay. Um, but that's not where I'm from. I'm, I, as my bio suggests, I'm from Texas and I'm a very proud Texan. Yeah. Um, but uh, work brought me to New York. So, okay, that's what I was going to ask. For, yeah, I've been here for almost uh, for more than 20 years. Wow. Okay. And um, I, my background is public relations. Um, I started my career in radio uh, when I was still in college and led me to California where I promoted musical artists and and went around the country promoting acts and that type of thing and wow. were you in LA at that point I was in Los Angeles okay and uh the crazy thing is is that the one person that I promoted I actually went not the only person but I actually went on the road with them and okay. uh it was Vanilla Ice <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> which I write so about fun. in my book which I write about in my book, but uh, that led me to like really reevaluating. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I, it just kind of led me into a career of public relations. So even though I never became the journalist that I once sought to be, I, it did lead me into a, an amazing career of just communication and promoting and, and meeting people and working with different people and different companies. And, um, you know, it all came full circle. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So did you do some writing, I imagine, in your career, though, as well for part of your job? Mainly when I got to public relations. Um, okay. It was, more, it was more business writing, proposal writing, okay. press release writing, that type of thing. Um, but I didn't really get a chance. It's interesting because my boss at the at the PR agency, she said, your talents are so much better in dealing with the media and working with clients and helping get their message out not so much the writing. So I was kind of discouraged in the writing. And that's where I really wanted to, I guess, in any business that you're in, you always want to gravitate towards the thing that you're not doing because you think the thing you're doing is so boring. True. Um, right. So <laughs> I was kind of like, you know, I want to be able to write some more. Um, but I never had that opportunity until I left PR. And then I started making opportunities for myself. Okay. All right. So you left the world of PR. And then did you immediately go into writing your memoir or where did that take you then? Oh, gosh, no. I, okay. I, when I left the world of PR, my son was very young. He, okay. uh, I had him later in life and um, he was probably 
like three and a half when I left okay. uh, the agency. And um, I started my own agency, which was so bad. <laughs> it was like, I can do this. Yeah, <laughs> like, with a three-year-old. <laughs> with a three-year-old. And oh, by the way, I'm one person, but it didn't matter. Wow. I started promoting myself like I was an agency of 10 and um, got clients and hated every minute of it. Um, I didn't really start writing my memoir until, gosh, a couple of years ago. Okay. But in between, I would find writing jobs. So I would, I would find freelance writing jobs. I wrote for a parenting magazine. I wrote for several parenting magazines, actually. Okay. And uh, I edited for a parenting magazine. And I just loved it. And then I started blogging on my own and I thought that was kind of fun, but you know, you're basically blogging and nobody's reading. So all right, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but it was still a great outlet and whatnot. And then I was doing all sorts of different, you know, projects and 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 things to keep me busy. But it really wasn't until really I always wanted to write the book, but it really wasn't until like the pandemic that I started thinking about. Okay mortality and you know and yeah. I mean because this we let, I mean, let's face it the pandemic did not discriminate right so it didn't yeah. matter who you were or what job you had or how many kids you had you could get COVID and in the beginning it was bad and you know you the we were so scared about it that it was like what happens if I get it? <laughs> you know? yeah. like, I, I have to tell my story I have to... so I, I actually started the the idea of the memoir with my son in mind okay. because he's an only child and he doesn't have any um, first cousins and he doesn't have any, you know, family close by because all my family's either in Texas or my husband's family was in California at the time or, you know, my mom was in Florida at the time. So it's not like he has anybody that can tell him about early Judy, you know, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. and I didn't want, I don't know. I just didn't want someone else telling him my story. Mm -hmm. I wanted to tell him my story. Not that he doesn't know bits and pieces and that, and that type sure. of thing, but that's kind of the impetus of the book. That's, that's where it started. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Cause I think about that often of right. The legacy that we're leaving behind and do our kids or even my grandparents, right? Like having their stories written out, I've heard stories throughout the years, but I'm sure there's so much more depth to the stories than what you're getting in the snippet you know, yeah. storytelling session. So that's Absolutely. beautiful. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, I feel like for 2020, right. We, we found ourselves with a lot more time. <laughs> Sourdough bread challenge, you know, yeah. <laughs> all those oh. crazy challenges and everything. Yeah. Yeah. We made pizza. We made pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did a lot too. I remember at one point, oh my gosh, this makes me giggle so hard. So we were living in Italy when the pandemic started. Oh my gosh. And so we were, super scared as well right italy was very hard hit Especially in italy, the beginning yeah. and you in italy it was the quarantine was so strict like you had to have a pass if you were in your car you had to have a pass saying you were going to the grocery store to a doctor's appointment or to work like you could not just go for a joy ride around even if you didn't get out of your car you could not just do that in italy so i think it was like week 10 of lockdown sorry i said quarantine before but i meant lockdown week 10 of lockdown <laughs> and I had saved egg cartons because I thought the kids and I had seen on Pinterest these like egg carton flowers <laughs> so here I am the kids really didn't take interest and here I am I'm painting trash <laughs> like, I was like, 
I look over at my husband. I'm like, oh my gosh, what has my life become? I'm sitting here painting garbage. That's your life. That's what your life has become. Oh my God. Yeah. Is- oh gosh. We're in Italy. Where are you? <laughs> we were in Sicily, actually. Well, at least so. you, had good food. Well, you couldn't even go out to eat. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it was really, and we were, I was pregnant at the time. I had my son in April of 2020. So they were even talking about my husband wasn't going to be able to be in the delivery room, you know, because they just didn't yeah. know how things were spread and they were trying to minimize the contact to providers. And I was like, I can't do this alone. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thankfully, when push came to shove, he was able to be there for the birth of our son. But That's it was, great. yeah, but I just, oh gosh, it makes me giggle thinking about, I, I you know, lowered myself to painting trash. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So, and so, and that's when I wrote my book. So, yes. (laughs) Okay. So what is the title of your book for the listeners? Uh, It's laugh, cry, rewind. Okay. Okay. So, and then you had done some writing leading up to this point. So when you switch gears to write your own story, did you find that challenging or was it easier because it was your own story? You know, it's that's a it's a funny question because the writing I was doing for like parenting magazines and different websites is, you know, was more I mean, there was some humor in it for sure. Okay. Um, but the book was more like blog writing, okay. but on steroids, right? Yeah. Um and thankfully I had an amazing editor. So you know, yeah. um, but I mean it helped that I had started writing. Um you know, look, anybody can sit down and write a book or write sure. a story or write or whatever. And I never thought it would ever see the light of day. You know, it yeah. was just more of, I'm going to write this. These are just more stories for my son. Yeah. Right. And in order to really get started and have accountability, I hired a coach because there's somebody there, there's, there's somebody out there for everybody that can, you know, to teach. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what I was in public relations. I was a consultant. I, you know, I supported clients. I got their message out there. So I'm like, well, if there's life coaches and diet coaches and training coaches and all these different coaches, yeah. surely there's a writing coach. So I interviewed several candidates and, okay. um, ended up with this amazing woman. Um, and she, was great. And I met with her like 30 minutes a week. Okay. Via Zoom. She was in California. I was here. Um, and just kind of talked over what my idea was, what, what the strategy was, you know, and everything. And she held me accountable. I mean, she didn't read my pages every week, but she made sure I turned my pages in every week. And, um, it was an amazing process because, She's a creative, well, she's a journalist herself, but she's a creative writing teacher at Stanford University. And she, you know, so she sees this, she knows exactly what she's doing. She's so, so wicked smart on this stuff. And I felt like I was in really good hands. And Mm. even though I thought all this, I never thought I was writing a book until one day she said, you know, you're writing a book. (laughs) I went, I am? She goes, yeah. She goes, the question is, do you want anybody to see it? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want anybody to see it. You know, it's kind of, it's my story. I don't know. I'm a little vulnerable in that area. And she says, well, if you really want someone to see it, if you want somebody to read it, know that you're writing a book. And it really wasn't until she said that, you know, that I was like, hmm, maybe yeah. I'm writing a book. <laughs> so anyway, so that that was kind of the process of, of uh, how I got it started, Um but during the actual writing, um, it morphed into not just stories I wanted my son to know about me, but it ended up being time period of my life 
before and after I had, I had an older sister who passed away and it okay. be- ended up being time period of my life before and after she passed. Wow. And it was just, it was just such a beautiful kind of thing that happened. Um, she will have passed away 40 years ago this September. Wow. That's quite a long time. Yeah. And yeah, I've dealt with it. Yeah. I've had therapy. Yeah. I've had definite, you know, moments, but nothing like remembering, you know, it almost felt like she was alive again yeah. and writing the story of her death and then writing the story of my life after she died. So that's just kind of the journey that, that it went on. And, um, I, I just, yeah, it's very, it's a very relatable story because, you know, I'm certainly not the only person that's ever lost someone. Yeah. Um, but it's still my story. Right. So it's unique in that respect. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the coach, is such a what an excellent resource. I'm glad that they have those out there because I can only imagine how that would be, you know, again, like if someone like me who's totally switched, you know, careers or gears into the world of reading and writing and I would need guidance too. (laughs) (laughs) No, totally, totally. Yeah. And then um, as far as your memoir, I love that you're kind of telling us like where the the time frame is. And I imagine that's a form of therapy in itself is to write out those stories. Absolutely. Um, you know, you when you experience some kind of life trauma or, you know, tragedy or, or whatever it is, you never I mean, it's so hard to imagine yeah. what five minutes is going to look like, much less five years, much less 20 years, much less 40 years, right? You, you, there's no way to to imagine what life is going to look like because yeah. you're so just wrapped up into it. And I don't know, people have told me I have this like ridiculously sick memory. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I do. I, at least I remember the things I want to remember. I certainly sure. don't remember the things I don't. Um, but going back through pictures and, and photo, you know, photographs and, and, um, even just looking at time, um, things that were happening during the different time periods, Mm -hmm. right. Or news events or fashion or, um, music, music was a big one. Music was a a really big one. Um, it, it just, it gave me the opportunity to relive happy times, but not forget important things as well as whether it was illness or death or trauma or whatever. Um, but it, it's just, it's a great, it was a great process um, to your point, a little bit like therapy and made me question why I've spent all that money all these years. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> It's really important. Therapy is important. Yeah. I highly recommend it to everybody. Um, but it was, it, it was definitely therapeutic. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So when was your book published then? So the book was published last September. Okay. Um, and so it's, well, yeah, it's fairly new. It's not a year old yet. So that's yeah. good. Has your son read it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I have a 15 year old son and the, and the question you asked would require him to uh, actually read a book. So oh, uh, okay. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> you have children. So, you know, right? yeah, yeah. My, my yeah. oldest is seven though. So he's not quite there yet, but it'll, I can imagine. It'll be there. You're yeah. getting there. You're getting there. Uh, they are going to be required to have summer reading and you are going to be like pulling your hair out. So, um, yeah. okay. <laughs> I know there's kids out there. They're anomalies. It's okay. Um, he, the answer to your question is he has not read the entire book. Um, I read it with him. There are okay. some parts in there that are very upsetting. So I don't want him to read it alone. 
Um, you know, someone says, well, but what happens if he has friends that will read it and tell him about it? I said, that's when I will sit down with him and say, we need to go over this. Um, he will read it one day, I hope. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, but I have read it. I've read many parts with him. He knows, he knows a lot about the stories already. So, you know, well, and I imagine that out of their teenage years, right, there's a certain, a better appreciation you gain for your parents. So <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> right now, we're just the embarrassing parent that, you know, is yeah. annoying. You're in the throes it. of teenage, teenage Ooh, Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Actually, book two. No, I'm okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask. So now that this one has been published, do you think you might continue on with the writing? Did you enjoy it? I love, I loved it. It's, it's really fascinating to look back on it because I actually don't remember writing a lot of it. Hmm. Right. So yes, I wrote pages every week. Yes. I submitted pages every week. Yes. I went through the, you know, the long editing process, proofreading process, all of that process. Um, clearly I wrote it, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, clearly I wrote it, but, uh, I just, it, it it's just one of these things where you you hear people say oh it just flowed and you always think to yourself there's no way yeah <laughs> there's no way but it really did it, it really did now there were parts that you know maybe were tougher than others and it's interesting because when you write memoir um one of the most challenging parts for me at least is uh recreating dialogue okay yeah because nobody wants to read a book that's just told to them. Yeah. Right. They want to feel like they're part of the conversation, part of the scene, you know, part of the experience. And part of that means you need to have really strong dialogue, just like you would in, in a fiction book. Um, But you also don't want to make it forced and you don't want to make it up because where, where it appears to be fake, you know? Yeah. So you got to seem authentic there. Exactly. And that was a challenge on, on certain parts because you had to go really search deep back into your memory of uh, the time period or whatever. And it wasn't as, it was, it was difficult, but it mm-hmm. wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Right. And there were, there were a couple of times where the editor would say to me, <laughs> are you sure that's what you said? I'm like, actually, <laughs> I am sure that's exactly what I said because they're like, wow, you were kind of a little salty little girl there to your dad. I'm like, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. And and uh, if he were alive, I'm sure he would uh, say exactly what I said. <laughs> yes. So creating dialogue, was there any other challenging parts that you found or the rest was like you said, more just flowed? Creating dialogue was definitely number one. Um, yeah, the other other challenging part was to know what to cut. Yeah, I could see that. I, you know, it, it's funny. The writing coach slash so in editing, there's several processes, right? You you have a, something they call the developmental or developmental edi- editor, and okay. then you have a, like a line editor, and then you have a proofreader, right? Wow. So the developmental editor is she looks at it from you know thirty thousand feet, okay, and she's deciding you know this doesn't flow right because you talk about it here, but then you cut it off there, or you're not this isn't you're not being too specific here about who. You're talking, you know, so that's okay. kind of right. And then the line editor literally goes line by line by line for grammar, punctuation, spelling, uh, you know, everything, everything wow. 
English related. God bless those people that do that. God I don't think I would be good people. at that one. <laughs> Listen, there is a special place for these people because I would never. Yeah. Don't, and then let's not even forget there's the proofreader. So the proofreader is okay. not even. Yeah. So um, my writing coach slash development editor said to me, you know, there's two types of editors, one that write too much and one that don't write enough. Right. Uh, okay. She says, you write too much. <laughs> she goes, but it's better to write too much. True. You know, than to not write enough because then it's easier to cut. Yeah. So um, that was really challenging because I think, you know, when you read all these books on writing and whatnot, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to get this right, but I can't, I can't remember who said it, but they're like, kill your darlings. And basically what mm -hmm. that means is that you can be totally attached to a scene or a phrase or a whole paragraph or a whole chapter. Yeah. And maybe it just doesn't make sense and you just got to kill it off. And I found myself, it was easier to do that once it was all written because there were, there were scenes where I was like, I don't even know why I wrote, I'm bored. You know, <laughs> I'm like, if I'm bored, then no one, you know, it's my story. I mean, it's very challenging. I'm not, you know, I'm not anybody. I'm a no name and yeah. people need to take a chance on uh, reading anything written by whether it's fiction, nonfiction, business. I mean, you take a chance when you read, read something much less the story of someone's life that you don't even know who they are. Yeah. Well, right? I also feel yeah. like on the back end for you, like putting this baby out into the world, like I can't, the emotions and maybe the fear or the apprehension that's behind that has to be huge. So huge. So <laughs> huge. Um, and, and what's, what's really crazy is that, um, so many of my like high school friends and, you know, friends I grew up with and that are still in Houston or in not even, even if they're not in Houston, there are other parts of the country, you know, when they found out I wrote the book and I put a sample chapter out there or whatever, oh my gosh, they were just like, I felt like you were reading it to me because yeah. I tend to write like I talk because, you know, my, my journals yeah. and teacher told me I never stopped talking. Um, so that was scary that, you know, pe people I knew were yeah. absolutely going to now know me. More In than your life ever. story. Yeah. Yeah. More than they ever knew me. And I've had people say, oh my gosh, I've known you since we were you know, in high school and I never knew, and I never knew you did this and I never knew you did that and da, 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 da. And so I don't know. So it's like, is the reason I put it out there is because I wanted people to know me or, you know, I don't know, you know? So I, yeah. I think, I think the real reason I put it out there again, going back to my son, but it was just something I always wanted to do. And I knew that a lot of my story would resonate with many people. And, um, my best friend, Melinda, uh, and I talked about when I was starting to think about the book, she sure. says, if you can touch one person, it's all worth it. Yeah, and absolutely. she believed that my story would. And that gives me, that gives probably, me the chills. <laughs> right. And I, yeah. that's probably the beauty of the whole experience is that hearing from people, I have no idea who they are. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, I felt like, you know, you and I were just having a conversation, you know, over a cup of coffee and we, you know, we would laugh and we would cry and, and, you know, and, and I had, you know, I, I had a similar experience or I totally know what you went through or, you know, so that to me is the power of a book of yeah. a good book is when someone can read it and they can walk away and say, see a little bit of themselves or maybe not see any of themselves and say, wow, I really learned something about that person or, you know, what an interesting life, or maybe my life isn't so boring, you know, or, yeah. 
or maybe I should write a book about my life too. You know, I don't know. I just kind of feel like it's a way to connect. And, um, I've always felt that way about books anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I had a guest on the show and his episode came out a few weeks ago and he said, when we read a book, we're bringing in our stresses of the day, our, where we're at in life, right? Our joy, our happiness, what we had happened in our life. And we're almost having this dialogue with the author with amongst ourselves. Right. And I think that's exactly what you're saying is we're bringing everything that we have, 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 has happened in our life to the table when we're reading this and that's, we're having a dialogue with you when we read your memoir or with this author that wrote that book. And I thought that was very beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, it's all, it's all about connection. Yeah. Awesome. Well, kudos to you for having your first memoir published. This is so exciting. Thank you. You're welcome. I would love, let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about who you are as a reader. So what genres do you prefer to enjoy when you're reading? So the genre of books that I I tend to gravitate towards, no surprise, are memoirs and biographies. Okay. (laughs) I just, I I do. I love, I love reading about other people's stories. Um, I don't know whether they're celebrities, whether they're historical fiction, uh, historical um, people, whether it's athletes, whether it's individuals, just people I've never heard of, you know, I don't know. I just, there's something about reading truth, you know, and there's something about, you know, just experiencing someone's life through their words. Yeah. Right. But I'll know in about the first 15, 20 minutes if I'm going to finish the book. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so that that's, there's something to be said about that. Um, I also love mystery. I've always okay. been a big mystery. Um, I got, I, I got turned on to Mary Higgins Clark, like, yes. I don't know, 30 <laughs> years ago. And at the time she had, she had been writing, she hadn't written that many books. And I remember going to Barnes and Noble and her books were on the, you know, the half price table yep. or whatever. And I bought every single one because it, <laughs> You could, (laughs) I could. And, and, you know, it's, there was no such thing as a Kindle or whatever. And I just, she had such a formula, kind of like a Danielle Steele formula, you know, but she had such a formula, but her books were just so like cliffhanging and that kind of thing. And a girlfriend um, of mine, she also enjoyed, and we would switch books and and that type of thing. And I was so sad when she passed away, but I loved, I loved those books as well. I I forgot about them. Yeah. You know, she became a writer so late in life. And, you know, that was amazing because, you know, that's not what she was. I mean, you know, she just all of a sudden, and then she's, she just turned into this passion for her, but, ah, uh, I loved her books. So, but I like James Patterson, you know, I'm not, it's, it's funny because it's like, I'm sure you have a lot of guests and I'm sure, you know, a lot of people that they're very like liter, you know, the literature world. And they're so, you know, that's just not me. I don't read yeah. books because they're on the New York Times bestselling list. I'll probably not read it because it's on the New York Times bestselling list. I um, 100% agree with you. No knock on them, but I like to no. see that the hype lingers because I found when I try to pick up the ones with a lot of hype, they just don't work. They for don't me. do it. Yeah. I just, I'm just a simple, it's just, I'm, I'm a simple reader and my book is actually simply written right so it's not big fancy words and you know whatever i just that was never me it's not who i am and it wasn't yeah. authentic so i tend to gravitate towards airport or airport books yeah <laughs> i love that airport description paperback. <laughs> yeah. if it's in an airport i'm probably reading it so yeah oh i love that that's a great way of looking at it <laughs> yeah. yeah so and then in your busyness of life how do you find time to read at night 
Okay. I usually get, and, and I was probably one of the last adopters of the Kindle. Like my mother has burned through probably five or six Kindles in her wow. life. Right. Okay. And I was probably one of the last adopters because I don't know. I just, there was something about holding a book in your hand that I just really, really loved. But as I've gotten older and my eyes have gotten really bad, <laughs> I found being able to enlarge the print is actually a really good thing. So, yeah. so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Kindle reader at night and I gravitate towards, you know, fast reads and, you know, cliffhanger series and, you know, or, or standalones. Like I was reading, um, the seven Hus husbands of uh, oh, yeah. Evelyn Hugo, which I loved and I want to explore more of her books. Yeah. Um, I'm currently reading lessons in chemistry. Oh um, yeah. Okay. It's a really good book too. And, um, you know, those are, those are the types of, those are the types of books I, I, I tend to find. Yeah. You've got some bigger, like, you know, I would imagine they're probably New York times list right now. Those two. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I'm not going there to find my book. So true. Yes. At this point, they are at the airport. Yes, as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, you have so graciously prepared a book flight for us today. Yes. Speaking of yes, yes, yes. Would you like to tell us a little bit how they pair together? Sure, sure. So um, I picked three memoirs, because okay. like I said, that's what I tend to gravitate towards. And the first one I'm going to talk about is called The Color of Love. Okay. And it's by a woman by the name of Mara B. Gad. Okay. And my girlfriend, Melinda, told me about it. And it it just was such a great book. Um, I don't know. I don't want to give away too much because I want sure. people to read the book. But yeah. it's an about an African-American girl. Uh, well, girl at the time. She's a woman now. But okay. an at the time, she was an African-American girl who was adopted by a Jewish family in Chicago. And um, the irony is, is that her adoptive or the, her biological mother was Jewish, but okay. it was in this, I think it was in like the seventies. So she gave the baby up for adoption and it was given to a Jewish family and who, who couldn't have children. Wow. And um, when the rabbi uh, arranged for the adoption and saw that the baby was black she, he said to the, the family, are you sure you want to still adopt this child? And they were like, without question, we want to adopt this child. So it's her story of growing up black, but Jewish wow. in Chicago. And... I'm from Chicago, by the way. So oh, this, you'll I, love this book. I have to you read it. <laughs> absolutely love this book. I can't even, I can't talk enough about this book. Yeah. I have the chills as you've been talking about it. Wow. I started following Mara on Instagram just because I wanted just to follow her journey. And like, I would like, I read your book. It was so amazing. And she like got back to me. I was like, oh my God, you know, fangirl. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, just the stories. And, and again, I don't want to give too much away, but what she dealt with and how she dealt with it, you know, and the family, I can't remember. She had a brother and a sister after, and I can't remember if they were biological or also adopted, but okay. regardless, they were not black. And um, just not only dealing with the times outside of her family, but within her family, Yeah, you know, not her mom and dad and sisters, obviously, but like relatives. Sure. And just this one, I mean, it, it just is, un, it's, un, it's unlike any story I ever read. It's just, it was one of those stories where you're like, what? 
I can't, you know, and so this is the beautiful thing about books, right? Is you're, you've said it already is we can walk in someone else's shoes through their story and a a life we've never had and a life and probably will never have and, or never understand. Um, and just, it's just so inspiring and just so great. So great. So I love that book. I love that book for sure. And, and, um, I, I would highly recommend it to anyone. Awesome. So we all need to pick this up. So listeners, I'll recap here real quick. That was The Color of Love. The subtitle is actually A Story of a Mixed Race Jewish Girl by Mara B. Gad. And then what's the second book of the pairing today? The second book is um, Bookends. Okay? okay. And the author is Zibby Owens. Okay. Yeah. Never- oh, I've heard of her. Well, you should have. You yeah. should know. Her. I think. I think you two would get along great, <laughs> only because she has a podcast. So she, her whole story is, is that I mean, she comes from a very, um, lack of a better word to describe it, privileged background, right? Sure. So she, you know, um, very successful grandparents and parents and charmed life, charmed yeah. life. You know, okay. uh, uh, I think Harvard Business School. I mean, you know, charmed life. Wow. But I don't care about her charmed life. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, not to say I don't care about her life. I just don't care that it came from a charmed life, sure. right? Um, a lot of people panned her book, uh, if you read reviews on Amazon, because it, they were like, oh, poor little rich girl or whatever. But again, that's not her story. Yeah. Her story is like you and me. I mean, she struggled just like anyone else. Um, but the book is told it's a memoir. And when she, each chapter she talks about her life, she talks about the books she was reading at the time. Oh, love it. <laughs> right. So she had started, so she had always wanted to write a book. And even with all of her family connections and whatnot, um, I think she actually sold her first manuscript, but then it didn't go anywhere. Okay. And she kept trying and trying and trying. And finally, finally she, she was successful. So she had started a podcast and I want to say it was, was it during COVID or was before COVID? It was before COVID. It was busy moms don't have time to read books. Yep. The title is fantastic. <laughs> and she's, she has four kids. Okay. Yeah. She, she started it from her like table or whatever in her, in her apartment. And, you know, she just started interviewing people that she knew, but then it started like really catching on. And then she was interviewing some of her heroes and she was interviewing, and then people were clamoring to get on her podcast, you know, and, and yeah. everything. And so she's now started a publishing company. And, and um, I actually went to one of her writing retreats that she had here in New York in the oh, spring. That's awesome. Okay. Got to meet her. And she's just so, she's just so normal and she's just so gracious and so smart. Um, but again, her book is, is her life story. And you can read into her life story what you want to read into it, right? Sure. But again, it's like you're walking through her life, right? And um, for me, I didn't look at it as poor little rich girl as me. I looked at it as, wow, she struggles just like you do, just like yeah. I do. I can relate to some of her her struggles. I can relate to some of her wins. Um I don't know. It was just, but the fact that she was talking about the different books she was reading, like she would say, oh, I was reading a James Patterson book, or I was reading a Dan Brown book, or I was reading a John Grisham novel, or she was reading some of the classics or whatever she was reading. Right. And everything about her is told about books. And that was just kind of like a really cool, um, it's kind of cool thing. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely, that's like going high up on the TBR. List. Oh yeah. You have to, <laughs> it's just, it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Just great. Awesome. Okay. So that was bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature by Zibby Owens. And then what is the last book of our pairing today? So the last book of our pairings is nobody will tell you this, but me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, really funny story is my son was going to camp at this camp. That's like 40 minutes from my house. Okay. And I had to drive there and back every day twice. Okay? Oh, you know? Sounds about so, right. <laughs> exactly. So believe it or not, I found a Barnes and Noble that was close to the, to this camp that he was going to the school. Cause it was at a college. And I went there one afternoon before I picked him up and I said, you know what? I haven't picked up a physical book. And since I don't remember, so I'm going to find a physical book. And this yeah. book, which was written years ago. I mean, it's not like it was a new book or anything like that. It was just sitting on this end cap. And I liked the plain cover and it had, you know, one of those Russian stacking dolls on it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The Matryoshka or however you say that. I do. That's why I said Russian stacking doll. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I said, this looks good. So I picked it up and I think I read it in a day. And basically uh, it's the story of this, um, this young woman who is a comedy writer and she grew up with this grandmother who would leave her voicemails and write her letters. And for whatever reason, she kept every single one of them. And it's also a Jewish, wow. Jewish girl and, and like her Jewish grandmother or whatever. And she turned it into this. She, the story is written like she's talking to her grandmother right? Wow. Through her voicemails and through her letters and through her advice and everything all the way up and even past the grand, because the grandmother has passed away. Right. So okay. it's like, it's like a conversation with her grandmother and it's Beautiful. so hilarious. <laughs> so funny. And like, I told my mom about it and my mother could not stop laughing. Cause she's like, Oh my God, it sounds like my mother, you know? And, <laughs> and it, it's just, it's just one of those books. It's just very lighthearted, but sad at the same time because you know where it ends and, yeah. and everything and it's just I don't know it's just one of those great reads and it made me happy that I picked up a physical book again <laughs> yeah and the title is so catching I love I that title think it's it's in production too I think it's in production oh, for, with the streaming. if I'm not mistaken I I, I you know you can, you can research that but I okay. think I remember reading so she was a comedy writer I think for O'Brien maybe or something like that so okay yeah. oh that is so fun okay yeah. so that book was nobody will tell you this but me by Bess Kalb so how I love to finish our show is with our bonus pairings which are just a speed round of questions so you can answer these really quick so where is your favorite place to read my favorite place to read is the beach or by my pool love it and then what is one book you've read that has changed your life the diary of Anne Frank. I love that. Wow. For sure. Yeah, that is. I actually reread that a few years ago because we got to go to her house when we lived in Europe. Yes. We went to Amsterdam and we went, we did the tour of her house and then it spurred me to read it again because I was like, well, I want to go back and read it. I haven't read it since I was a kid. That's so funny because in 2018, we took my son to Amsterdam and we went to the- Wow. I wonder if we were there like same time. I feel like we were there 2017, 2018, somewhere in yeah. that time frame. So that's fun. Amazing experience. Amazing. Experience. Yeah. And the quote that I, what inspired me was they had quotes after you yes. finished the tour of the house, when you got back yes. downstairs, there were the quotes of her on the wall. And I just, they just struck me. And I'm like, I have to go back and read that book. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then are you a rereader? 
I am a rereader and long, long, long explanation short. In high school, I hated reading. I hated it. That's probably where my son gets it from. So I knew I had to read all those books in high school, but I never yeah. appreciated them. So now I've reread all the classics. I've reread The Great Gatsby of Mice and Men, of uh, Catcher in the Rye, uh, you know, Pride and Prejudice. Um, so I've reread all those. Okay. Yeah. As far as rereading um, current books, not so much. True. Not so much. Yeah. 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 I'm kind of the same with you on that department. And then lastly, what are you reading next? Well, as I mentioned, um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, I want to read some more by Taylor Jennings Reed. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I yes, so appreciate your time. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today with Judy Havison and her book flight of memoirs. We'd love to hear what other books you would pair with this book flight at www.bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time. Thank you.